Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal, here we are. Season two, episode five. Big time excited. How is it possible that a show keeps getting better and better? It's unbelievable. It's grabbing me more and more by the collar, squeezing my collar. I go back and watch these a second time for notes, and now it's been several months since I've seen these episodes, and I'm right, loving them all over again. Yeah, this is definitely the type of show, and I'm not just saying this because there are certain shows that I love so much. I'll watch them again. Like I'm not, The Love Boat? Well, yeah, Love Boat, Three's Company. I'm not the kind of guy that watches things over and over. I'm not one of these guys who, you know, I've seen that movie 20 times. No, I haven't. Th- this is one of those shows where I could totally go through it again. Yeah. I could watch this sh- entire show all over again. And then you'll go back and watch Karate Kid 1 yes. again and Karate Kid Part 2. And I guess I shouldn't call it Karate Kid 1. It's just the original. The Karate Kid. But, but I just saw Karate Kid 2 recently. Yes. And I'm looking forward to our special edition of Let's Talk Cobra Kai, Karate Kid 2. Looking forward to that when that happens. Special episode. Yes. So this episode is called All In. It's a 9.0 rating on IMDb. Is that the highest it's been, 9.0? No, some hang around that, a little bit more, but every episode is like high eights, low nines, solid. Okay. It's but there, are, there haven't been any 10 episodes. I mean, no. Are there 10s? You know what? When I look, these are the most recent ratings. Okay. Maybe when they first come out, it's hard to hold a 10 on IMDb. Oh, ratings can go up and down. Yes. Okay. But it's a collective of X amount of users. And I see. This show rates very well. So we open at an unusual place, a place we've never been, which is Eli's house. And he's still pre-hawk in this <laughs> opening. And his mother's calling the school about him being bullied. Yeah. See, in the beginning, I thought this was an actual commercial for possibly Miyagi-Do or even Cobra Kai. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those, my son gets bullied. And then like Daniel-san walks in. Like, you need Miyagi-Do Karate. Yeah, I like, could see that. That's what I thought it yeah, was. I, I totally thought that until that. she walked over and we noticed that it's... It's Eli. Yes. Right. So before that, I swear, I was thinking, oh, who's doing this commercial? Yeah, a man is going to kill Daniel for exactly. this one. Exactly. <laughs> more, blowing more of the budget, the quarterly budget. So Eli is upset and he's so freaked out that he's going to be known as the kid with the weird lip. And that's it. Yeah. So what, he was a born... Do they still call it hair lip? Or is there a new... There's probably a new term. Okay, so that was the old term. It was hair lip. Kids are born with that little gap in their top lip, and then they sew it together. There have been celebrities that have this. Joaquin Phoenix, I believe, was born this way. Right. Cheech Marin, I believe, was born this way. Yeah. And there are probably others. In fact, I have a friend who was like this. So they were born this way. They stitch it up, and you get on with your life. Right. But obviously, this has developed into a strong complex. At this point in time for Eli, yes. Yeah. And he's getting picked on and taunted. Kids are horrible. Right. Kids are cruel. They're the worst. So he's upset, runs off to his room, falls face down on his bed. And I like the way we just come out of that and we're at the tattoo bar or parlor, I guess what you call it. He's face down weeping on his bed. Face down weeping. And we pull out and we see that they're doing more to his hawk tattoo, his impressive hawk tattoo. Maybe adding some more detail or some more color, but it made me want to get a tattoo. Uh-oh. I don't have any tattoos, but it made me want to get a So tattoo. this show got me back into martial arts. It's going to get you become a tatted man. Do you have any tattoos? No, never. Do you have any desire to get any tattoos? No. Never? Never. Okay. I kind of want to, but the question is, what would I get? Cobra Kai. Maybe I should get a Cobra Kai insignia. They never die. Would I pull in the chicks? Would I pull in the moons or the yasmins? Aren't you in a relationship? She doesn't listen to the show. Okay. Oh, and then he shows Moon the tattoo that he got of her. The small one. Which, by the way, I got to say, the tattoo on his back is so impressive. Yes. And yet this Moon tattoo, 
rather unimpressive. What's well, an early relationship? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I'm sure he could add to it. Oh, okay. A big moon, a okay. big crescent moon. Okay. He could add to the tattoo, make it more impressive later. So there's a little moon on his chest and she's loving it. She loves it. And she gives him a big kiss. He has such self-confidence. It's not even funny. It just oozes out of him. It's a whole different world Hawk is living in now yeah. compared to him crying in his living room with his mother on the phone with the principal. He flipped the ultimate script. He did. I love that. I believe in flipping the script. Yeah. I really do. And I'm glad to see it in Cobra Kai. Well, when your tattoos start arriving, we'll know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to show you first. All right. So we're now at Miyagi-Do Dojo. And Dimitri is not pleased about painting the fence. No, he doesn't like this formula of having to do manual labor. I'm under the impression that not only has Dimitri not done any martial arts, of course, but nothing physical whatsoever. No. no. Well, Sal, I thought this was pretty funny that he saw right through Daniel's plan. <laughs> like No one else has ever questioned it, but Dimitri knows exactly what he's up to. Do some muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I'll figure this out. Only Dimitri. And well, what... Dim- Dimitri was uh, science partners with Eli, right? They oh. were nerds. They were smart nerds. Dimitri's still a nerd. And Eli, well, we get into that in this episode. He's no longer Eli. Okay, but meanwhile, we get into it later in the episode where Dimitri looks deep into the soul of Eli. Yeah. I love Dimitri as a character. I've said that previously. I think he brings a lot of humor, sarcasm, and such a unique character to the Cobra Kai universe. Anyway, pretty funny. And then we go on to this montage of him and Daniel training, and you can just see that Daniel's got his hands full with this guy. Well, because not only is he sort of an uncooperative student, sort of insubordinate in a way, but also zero dexterity, rhythm, balance. Yeah. Out of touch with his body. And I know this because I used to be a personal trainer and some people have no connection to their body. It's like their body is just does its own thing. Some people are more connected and in tune with their body. So Dimitri is completely out of touch right. with the physical. He's all mental. He's all cerebral. Nothing strength-wise, no bones and muscles happening. I love when he asked Daniel if he could have a roller to paint with. (laughs) I did think that made sense. I did, but it would go against (laughs) the Miyagi way. Well, because ancient Japan did not have rollers. No. I think rollers might have only been invented in the last maybe 100 years. Roll on, roll on, (laughs) roll on. That would have changed the whole yeah. dynamic. It'd be a different move. It'd be like a little crane move with your hand. Roll on, roll off. I mean, roll yeah. On, roll off. Mr. Like Miyagi it. could make it work. He could use that to his advantage. And Daniel did say, left circle. I was waiting for him to say it with a Miyagi accent. Oh, yeah. Left a circle, right, right a circle. circle. Very good. So they're training. And now we cut to the Cobra Kai Dojo, where Johnny and Kreese are putting on a demonstration. This was interesting to see because we've never seen them spar or demonstrate together. We saw Johnny get beaten up in the parking lot by Kreese many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. Karate Kid 2. And then we see the fight when Kreese arrives at the dojo for the first time that night when the dojo nearly catches on fire. Right. But we've never seen... Crease and Johnny cooperatively spar as partners yeah, and two teammates. adults in front of all these kids. It's pretty cool. Very neat to see. Yeah. Any Karate Kid fan has to appreciate. These are those moments that you can pause. You pause that video and you go, holy cow, is this really happening? I like that you have video. <laughs> Isn't it video? Are, are you watching Cobra Kai on VHS? <laughs> Betamax. Uh, Betamax. Betamax is a better format. So the lesson is called You Go All In. Mm-hmm. And it really hits home with Miguel. Yeah, you could tell that he's listening intensely. He's still focused on Sam, and he doesn't know how to get her back. So yeah, this you go all in, like it really resonated with him. Miguel is at that moment 
where all of us have, have been or seen, where you're right at that point where it goes from love to desperation. So it goes from something where you go, oh, to something where you go, oh, he's yep. got it too bad. He's right at that point. It's a very crucial point. Now's where you, you got to make the move, as we're going to find out, or you pull back. Something's got to happen. You yeah. cannot go on being this way in this mode that Miguel is in. And he won't. He has still not celebrated his victory in the All Valley. That's right. You're right. So he's just been in this... Funk. Broken-hearted funk. Yeah. yeah. And it's really sad to see. I really want Miguel to make a comeback. I want him to become empowered again and not just be dragging around moping over Sam. And that's nothing against Sam. No. But come on, Miguel. Young love. Ugh. So afterwards, Johnny and Chris share beers and they compliment one another, which I found to be pretty funny. Do they tink? Did yeah, they tink their bottles? They did, They're, okay. they're uh, Coors Banquets. <laughs> and I love that Johnny says, you still have a hell of a roundhouse. Yeah. And Chris compliments him as well. I think Chris says, you almost got me with that hook, yeah. which is pretty funny. Sal, in all of your fight viewing, if you will, sure. have you seen many great roundhouses? <sighs> no. Wow. How would you rate Chris's? I'm a bad viewer because I'm watching Crease and Johnny and just sitting there going, You're oh, my awe. God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally so like enraptured by what's happening that I may miss dialogue. I may miss important things. I'm just sitting there going like, blah, 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 blah. is this really happening? When we interview them, I'll have to keep you out of the room. I will, will get way too <laughs> giddy. I'm going to bring this is how pathetic I am. If we ever meet with Martin Cove, Ralph Macchio, William Zapka. I'm going to bring my friggin' action figures. I will bring my yeah, action cool. figures, which is so silly, but I, that's how excited I, I will be. But you're a toy collector, so it's I know. fitting. So when I have these moments where I merge my worlds, uh, I'll bring my toy collection of my Karate Kid action figures to a meeting. Really, I will probably just, will die. I'll just well, die right there. Well, you did that in the past when we honored John Landis at the United Film Festival in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and we played... Animal House, yes. and we cemented his handprints out in front of the theater. Mm -hmm. You brought some really cool figures. I brought my flounder yep. action figure Your from Bluto Animal House. As well, right? Well, I have Bluto and D-Day Animal House action figures by Mezco. These are probably about 15, 20 years old now. Am I a nerd? Yeah, but it's acceptable. He thought it was really cool. Okay, so John Landis signed my flounder Animal House action figure, thanks to Jason Connell, of course. You're welcome. So believe me, if we ever meet the Karate Kid guys, the Cobra Kai guys, I'm bringing my stuff. I can't wait. So Crease can't help but push Johnny a little bit more on mm. the guess who's missing mm -hmm. from your class. Yes, the most important student was absent, your boy. Oh, boy. He's doing a little dig there. Referring to Robbie, of course. Mm -hmm. And Johnny's just like, hey, he doesn't want to be here. And then Kreese throws his words back at him. Go all in. Go all in. And then he walks out and Kreese, oh boy. Yep. What is Johnny going to do with this information? The puppet master mm -hmm. has Johnny right where he wants him. Okay, so this is one of those turning points where you start to see, you don't know yet what Kreese has planned, but you do see him starting to exert power, start to manipulate, like you said. Yep. Yeah, you see, okay, Chris has an agenda. What is it? Yep. We'll find out. It's kind of like that movie Being John Malkovich. You ever see that movie? I did, but I have Cinemanesia. I forgot it. Cinemanesia. I like C it. Cinemanesia is where you forget. should be a sniglet. I did. like that. I forget certain movie stuff. Well, it's about you can get in the mind of John Malkovich and then control him. Yeah. Chris is now back in the good graces of Johnny and the den of Cobra Kai 
And now he's starting to take over slowly but surely. He practically warned Johnny when he delivered the whole bromation. The snake goes into what is called hibernation in mammals, but with snakes and other reptiles, bromation sits, waits, doesn't sleep, eyes open, waiting for that moment. And right now you see that's what Kreese is doing. He just foreshadowed it himself, if you paid attention, in the cafe. And now here it is. Smitty's Diner. Yeah. Here he is doing exactly that. So you got to hand it to him. He's pretty smooth. If he coined the phrase Cobra Kai, it's the most perfect name for him to run a dojo. He is a snake in the grass. He is. So I just don't know yet what is his overall plan. Like just to take over a dojo? There's got to be more to it. Yeah. Well, we'll soon find out. So now we're back at Applebee's, which has kind of become a Cobra Kai student's hangout. I didn't know that it was Applebee's. That's Applebee's where they're at again? It looks the same. (laughs) I'm going to say it's Applebee's. Do teenagers hang out at Applebee's? They do in this world. That's so great. And I love how they just kind of take over the joint. They're at various different tables. Yeah. Miguel's always at his little two-top, working on his laptop. You got the new recruits at their table and then the core. So they are just spread wide and far. So Hawk comes over and hazes the newbies, takes one of their last mozzarella sticks. Yes. Or takes the last mozzarella stick. Yeah. And... What do you discover, Sal? One of these new kids shows Hawk a Yelp review on his phone, and he starts reading all these horrible things about Cobra Kai. One star rating. (laughs) I'm surprised I even got that. And then he's like, who's this idiot? And then he flips up to see the profile, and he sees that it's Dimitri. Oh, my gosh. And he is pissed. Eli sees a horrible Yelp review on Cobra Kai by Dimitri. Uh His Yelp name is D-Man 2002. I didn't see that. 2002 would be his birth year, I guess? Yeah. Okay. So he's upset, fuming, because one negative Yelp review will bring you down. Yeah. Are you a Yelper? Do you Yelp? You know, I have switched over to Google for looking at places and looking at their ratings, but I'm not one to leave reviews. I know. Even a positive one, like a quick one? If it's a small business and I know I can help them, I've done it. Yeah. But bigger establishments, I don't. Sure. Or if they already already had like 500 reviews, what's the point? Right. And I'm not a hater. If I had a problem with an establishment, I wouldn't rush to those outlets and write that. I would rush to the management and have a conversation, which I have done on many of occasions. And they always make it right. Yeah. So just do that. Don't be a hater. I think some people just like, I think there's a lot of frustrated writers out there. I've noticed a lot of Yelp reviews when I've skimmed through Yelp occasionally. I notice a lot of people are, I think, are like frustrated novelists. Much like Dimitri here. Yeah. He wrote like a textbook about his experience at Cobra Kai when Mm -hmm. he could have just let it be and moved on like he did. And then he wouldn't be getting into the troubles that he's he's getting into. He's poking the bear. He is. Why did he do that? Because that's who he is. This was after he had his incident with Kreese. This was after Hawk told him to leave it alone, right? Yep. When Dimitri's like, oh, that's a, what, a $10,000 fine and one year in jail for assaulting a minor. Yeah. And Hawk's like, leave it alone. Yeah. That's what Dimitri should have done. Instead, he leaves this Yelp review and Hawk is pissed. But it's a great storyline. Okay. So now we're back at Miyagi-Do Dojo and Sam and Robbie are training on the wooden raft and Daniel summons Dimitri, who this time has a note from his mother. Oh, he had his note from his mother about going easy on his arms and legs? Exactly. He can't do extraneous activities. <laughs> I thought that was funny that he brings a note from his mother like he's at school. I mean, totally. like, Daniel doesn't need to see a parental note. Right. So then Daniel attempts to have that 
moment of enlightenment, if you will, with all the hard work has led to this, i.e. what I like to call in earlier episodes, the Kaiser Sose moment, when all of it crystallizes and you can do the moves. We've seen Daniel do it in the Karate Kid with Mr. Miyagi. We saw Robbie do it with Daniel. And here we are. We're going to see it again. But no, it's a total fail. Well, actually, I got to hand it to the creators of the show then to reveal that you may have a method, the Miyagi-Do method, but it's not cookie cutter. No. And it's not necessarily going to get through to everybody. Right. So it's the old, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right. While you have some students that just aren't ready. That's exactly right. And I know in sports analogy is sometimes you have to curtail the game plan to your players. They don't necessarily fit into a side of game plan. They have to look at their strengths and weaknesses and adjust to that. And Daniel's realizing that. He was dealing with Robbie. Robbie's like protege. He's like Miguel, you know. Dimitri is at a very different baby step level. Yeah. And I think Daniel's being tested. Even Sam, Samantha, is probably picks up karate very quickly. Yeah. Her DNA and being around it at a young age. Sure. But yeah, so here we are. So Daniel even wants to know, Dimitri, do you even want to be here? Yeah. It's and a he fair says, question. It's a very fair question. And the answer was not really. Right. A fair question, a fair answer. So now we see Johnny going to visit Robbie and he's got a skateboard with him. I couldn't tell if he left it somewhere or if this is a gift for Robbie. But what happens, Sal? Well, he sees an eviction notice on the door. Right. And that's what they do, by the way. I've never been evicted, but I do know they put a big embarrassing notice on your door. It usually says three days to quit, which means like you have three days to pay us or get out. Or you will have in some areas these giant red signs, eviction. And then a lady walks out of the apartment. He's like, hey, he's trying to get her attention, trying to flag her down. She ignores him. She moves on. Right. So, yeah, Johnny's standing outside of the store. He knocks. Nobody answers. Then he calls. Who does he call? His ex? He calls Robbie's mother? Yes. Is that who that was? Yeah. And the machine comes on. Of course. So he just hangs up. He doesn't She's still on Cabo adjacent. As far as we know. She's still on that trip with the Cabo guy. Totally. Who was supposed to pay the rent and apparently didn't. Nice job, Rick. Robbie's mother is possibly Cabo adjacent with a guy who said he was going to pay your rent. Meanwhile, there's an eviction notice on your door and your son is living with his sensei. That's the scenario right now. Who's worse? Robbie's mother or Yasmin? (sighs) I'm going to say Robbie's mother because I give Yasmin some percentage credit for just being young. Okay. And stupid. I give young people a lot of slack. I cut young people a lot of slack for being stupid. Okay. Once people are over 30, over 40, I cut less slack for yeah. that. There's no hope for Robbie's mother. By her age, I doubt it. No. She'd have to attend some uh, Tony Robbins seminars, possibly. Quickly. Yeah. Or go on Dr. Phil. Yeah. Catch me outside. So we're now at a food court, and Sam is making fun of Robbie's man bun and his ID. And, and this is where we learn that his middle name is Swayze. What an amazing 80s middle name. And he just assumes that Sam doesn't know the movie. Right. Because he's like, oh, he was an actor in the 80s. And Sam's like, hello, I've seen Dirty Dancing a hundred times. And Robbie loves it as well. Yeah. So this is a little bit of their uh, getting to know you moment. I was kind of hoping they would talk about Roadhouse. <laughs> Karate, you know, at the core of that. Yeah. Or even The Outsiders, which had Ralph Macchio in it. Just any little reference there, but no, oh, was, not to be. Yeah, there was a little opportunity there. Outsiders also filmed in Tulsa, Oklahoma, my hometown. Mm-hmm. I digress. Just a little bit of trivia. They were going to remake Roadhouse with Ronda Rousey in the lead. 
but then she lost her title in the UFC. So she was champ when they were in talks about redoing Roadhouse with Ronda Rousey in the lead. She loses the title. They're like, sorry, Ronda. And now Ronda, I think, is doing commercials for World of Warcraft, I believe. How about that? And she's on WWE. Huh? So that's what she's doing. Well, I got to tell you, I went back and watched Roadhouse about, I don't know, six, seven months ago. Just it was on. I saw it in the theater. I loved it for what it is. Yeah, I liked it. But I'll tell you, Swayze's great. Yeah. Sam Elliott's great. Yeah. And Gazzara's great. That's a fun little movie. Are they doing their own martial arts? Oh, and then what's the um, Kelly Lynch? Yeah. Also great. Yeah, Swayze looks legit. There is Ben Gazzara's son is also like a martial arts guy. I don't recognize him from anything, but there's some really good fight sequences in that film. Yeah. Yes, it's cheesy. Yes, we get that. He works the double deuce and he's uh, you know, the best cooler in town. Yeah. But it's a fun movie yeah. and I enjoyed it. No, I did. I remember liking Roadhouse. So we were talking about uh, Robbie and Sam at the food court eating. Yeah. We learned his name is Swayze, but I just wanted to mention that oh. D- Dimitri runs off because he realizes it's Wednesday. So he runs off to the comic book store. For you nerds out there, Wednesday is when the new comic books come out. So Dimitri, being the wonderful nerd that he is, runs away from the food court. He does ask them if they need anything from the comic book store. Yeah, and they're like, uh, no. Uh, no. But then he says, oh, don't let anybody take my chicken, right? Right. So he leaves his chicken with them. Yep. So now we're back at Applebee's, and Tori gets Miguel to open up. And what do we learn? Well, Miguel is sitting there on his computer in the middle of Applebee's. And he's doing some sort of Photoshop project. Yeah, like Flash, whatever yeah. he's making. So you remember, Miguel designed the Cobra Kai website. So he has skills. He's probably has a good looking future in a IT or web design or whatever. Computers. Plus he's, plus he's won the All Valley. So he's golden. He's going to have a chain of IT companies. So he says to her, he goes, okay, fine. I could use a girl's opinion. So Miguel shows Tori this video that he made. For Sam, it has a red heart. There's an octopus because him and Sam both like octopuses. I know a lot of people who like octopuses. What's their relationship mascot? It is. Which I thought that was a cool phrase. I like that. So he shares that with Tori. And Tori's like, delete this now. Well, she says that. But there's a beat where you could tell that she was a little bit touched by it. And it's got Roxette's listen to your heart playing. Listen to your heart. Yeah, that's right. And I Which think, is 80s. I think she's touched, but then she's like, nah, dump it. Like, Tori's too tough to show emotion right now. I still am cautious, skeptical about Tori. Of course, we all are. We don't know anything about this girl. She appears out of nowhere. She stole the bottle of vodka. Her and Samantha get into a fight. Yeah, and she sees Samantha in this video and realizes that's your ex, the yes. girl that I shoved down. Yeah. So she's got ulterior motives going on here. Well... I'm telling you, she was touched in a way. It's like, oh, this is the kind of guy that maybe a girl could trust. Yeah. So she was touched until she saw Samantha's And then she's like, I'm going to drive a bigger wedge between him and her. Yeah. That's my opinion. Okay. No, no. I could be wrong. I think you're right because she did do a switch when it went from just the heart and Miguel's face to then the heart, Miguel's face and Sam's face. She did switch then. She tells him, don't be desperate. (laughs) And that's good advice. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. No one, except for you, Sal Rodriguez, <laughs> wants to be chased by someone desperate. Okay, but yeah, everybody knows, especially for a guy, do not be desperate, do not act desperate. If you remember when Miguel and Johnny were riding in the car at the stop sign, and they're next to those two ladies. I think it was a mother-daughter, but I okay, could be wrong. Okay, mother-daughter. And Johnny's like, play it cool. So cool. That they don't even yeah. say anything so and they cool just drive that They'll off. find us someday. <laughs> yeah. So Tori's reminding Miguel or schooling Miguel, hey, 
ease up, yeah. stop looking desperate, and delete this video. And she tells him to get over Sam by having some fun, and she says, and I know just the right place. There you go. A new door opens. So now Johnny is at the NoHo LaRusso Auto and attacks Anoush. Yeah. So Johnny arrives at LaRusso Auto looking for Robbie, because he just came from his eviction notice on his door, bumps into Anoush, who's helping the customers. Where's Robbie? Puts Anoush in an arm lock. Anoush is lipping off a little bit. He is. Well, he puts him in an arm lock and pushes Anoush against a car. And that's when Anoush says, okay, he's probably at Daniel's. He moved in. So this is where Johnny Lawrence learns that his son, Robbie, moved in with Daniel LaRusso. And I just imagine that dagger going deep into Johnny's heart. Your son literally living with your enemy. Well, it can't be too crazy for Johnny because he did run into Robbie at LaRusso's home in the dojo. But yes, but there's different levels. He's living course, with him of now. Of course. He He's also becoming family now. He also punches Anoush before he tells him that. He, he does. Gives, he, oh, he gives him, he punches him in the ribs. He punches him right in the ribs. Yes, yes. Anoush actually took that punch pretty well, I thought. Well, he might have had a little bit of martial arts training. Who knows? I like how there's no consequences in this world. I thought about that too. No police involvement. If someone here. shows up at someone's work, puts them in an arm bar, punches them, assaults them, they're going to jail. That's true, but for those of you who live in the San Fernando Valley, you will know that you may call the police and they might not show up or might not show up for 45 minutes. That, can, that can happen. It's not Beverly Hills. No, so it's entirely possible that he had time to get away and then maybe a new didn't want to press charges or, or, you know, sometimes, you know, you may want to call the police on someone. But then you may think, but what would the ramifications be of calling the it's police true. on this person? Things may get worse. Maybe I should just drop it. And then if there's ever talk about what Louie did to Johnny's car, and Anoush yeah. is probably a little freaked out. Yeah. So They don't show this, but no. we just imagine that Anoush decided to forget about it and move on. He's no rat. Which is smart, because look what happens to Dimitri, who should have moved on and not kept that Yelp review up. I just hope Anoush does not do a bad Yelp review. That's all I hope. Was Anoush the one that says he used to be on uh, Asian Pacific dating or something like that? Yes. <laughs> and when, when you say used to, you mean currently. Okay, yeah. And Louis's gone, right? Louis, yeah. he's gone. I don't think Louis works for Larissa Auto anymore. Okay, but I just imagine that in this world, if you can forgive Crease and bring him back into the fold, I would imagine Louis can come back at some point and work for LaRusso Auto again. It would take Daniel's mother to bring him back. Mm, we may see that. So now we're at the comic book store, and Dimitri is talking to himself, looking at comics, until... You don't see it at first. All you see is Dimitri in the foreground. You see a shelf of comic books behind him. But you see the tips, <laughs> the tips of Hawk's the mohawk. The spike. Yeah, the spikes of his mohawk above the shelving, walking behind him, and that's when you're going, oh no. Here he comes. Yep. And Hawk is pissed. And he's not alone. No, he's got these two new recruits, Chris and I forgot the other guy's name. Rocksteady and Bebop. Yeah, as Dimitri calls them. From? From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. Wow. I actually loved the cartoon, but you obviously <laughs> loved it more. Well, I remember the song. And so anyway, he comes in. There's even more Cobra Kai's in the background. Some yeah, all of players. a sudden, three guys pop up behind Dimitri. I've never seen these kids before. No, there's always more Cobra Kai's around. There is. Yeah, they slither in. So you have two or three behind Dimitri. You got three in front of Dimitri. You got like five, six guys 
surrounding Dimitri. So what does he do at first? Well, at first, Dimitri tries to get into Hawk's head. And he does a little bit. Yeah, because they're old friends. They're old science nerd buddies. Yeah, they're super good friends. Yeah. They Until were, recently. They were best friends. Yeah. And Dimitri looks at Hawk in the eyes and says, I know who you are, Eli. And you see a little bit of wilt. A doubt. little bit of Yeah. You see that self-doubt appearing in Hawk's eyes. But then he quickly comes to and he realizes he's going to kick Dimitri's ass. It kind of reminds me of Darth Vader shedding Anakin Skywalker from his memory banks. Yeah. Some you people know. call it a dead name. So Dimitri also says, I've been training in karate and Miyagi-Do. Yeah. So Hawk says, let's see your moves. And then Hawk proceeds to kick and sweep Dimitri on the ground in a matter of seconds. Yeah. I mean, we all saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, I got to hand it to Dimitri. He was going to go toe-to-toe. I mean, yeah. it lost cause, but... So he, yeah, he's quickly put down. And then what happens? But then he gets back up. He starts running. He makes a run for it. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but the track plane, the broken edge track, no shelter, is the exact same song playing in the original Karate Kid during the Halloween chase scene. See, these are all these little nuggets that unless you've seen the Karate Kid, and even, you know, I've seen the Karate Kid, but I didn't notice. These are the things Jason notices. Background music. Phone numbers having meaning, <laughs> uh, security codes, <laughs> you referencing them somewhere. So I did not know that. The same song used in the skeleton chase scene from the original Karate Kid. Pretty cool. Well, these creators know it, and I got to give them total props for it. Because I was sitting there enjoying the scene, and I thought, wait a second. This song is so familiar. Well, that's what I thought, too. I thought it was just a familiar 80s song, but, but I didn't think it was. Everything that these creators do has a reason. Why not have a similar chase scene in this world as you did in Karate Kid? Well, also an, an example of history repeats itself. Completely. Yeah. So Dimitri runs yes. back to the food court, back to the table he was sharing with Sam and Robbie. Yep. They're gone. He says, of course. All of a sudden he gets surrounded. They got his arms back. One yeah. Guy. One of them holds his arms back. Hawk's about to go in for the kill. And then out of nowhere, flying in, Samantha and Robbie... Well, Samantha comes in first. Wow. Sweet move. She comes flying out of nowhere. Wait, are you saying that Samantha struck first? Well, defensively. Yeah. Defensively struck first. Yeah, but in that moment, no official punches have been thrown yet in that food court. I don't think Miyagi-Do has to take the first punch. The first punch or kick, whatever Hawk was doing, was on its way. Yeah. To being delivered. I was so damn impressed. So then an incredible fight sequence breaks out. So they get into an awesome mega fight in the middle of the food court at the mall. I wonder which mall this was, by the way. Could have been Topanga. I think it was probably probably in Atlanta. Well, okay, the real mall is in Atlanta, but they're in the valley officially. Yeah, it's got to be Topanga's mall. Okay, it's got to be Topanga or maybe Northridge Fashion Center. Is somebody filming this thing? Someone has to have footage of this incredible fight. Yeah, I thought that too, because you have a crowd of people. These are all extras, but surely in today's age, if you see a fight at the mall, someone's going to break out their phone. This is going to be on the local news. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember seeing if any, I saw the reactions of the extras. I always look at extras. As a former extra, I look at extras. I like to see their reactions. I like to see sometimes a little extras bloopers. Oh, yeah. Where you'll see extras doing things they shouldn't be doing. Right. But so, yeah, I thought that too. Someone would have been filming this. This would have been on YouTube quick. This would have been on Instagram quick. But yeah, this was a spectacle. But what happens? Okay, well, they go back and forth. But then finally it gets down to where Hawk is about to deliver a Superman punch. Yep, right? to for Robbie. You, for you fight fans, that's Hawk delivering a Superman punch to Robbie. 
to end it, right? Or, or to try to knock him out. Right. And then what happens? He kicks him. Yes. Robbie kicks Hawk as Hawk is going in for the Superman punch. Yeah. That was fantastic. Because the Superman punch, it's very telegraphed. Yeah, very showy. You're in the air, you're playing your hand, and Robbie had enough time to react and kicked him. It was fantastic. And not only kicked him, knocked him out. It was great. That would have been knockout of the night if that was UFC. And but, that's, this fight would have been fight of the night if it were UFC. What was also going on was the wheel technique was at work. Yes. All the training that Sam and Robbie did where they were synchronized, mimicking each other, mirroring each other, all coming to fruition. They're both doing the same yeah. thing simultaneously on opposite sides. They also protected Dimitri throughout this whole fight. Yes. Because he wasn't fighting. They guarded him. He didn't know what to do. He's out of his element. So they knew how to work together and cover him up. It was really cool, man. They even, at one point, Dimitri's kind of stooped over and then they kind of roll over his back. Yeah, they used him. Yes. This was a fantastic scene. And I really love one thing that the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai universe is so great about is when you see the training come to fruition. Yes. When you see these almost silly methods of training whether it be sanding or painting or standing on a raft in a pond and you see it all come to fruition and you go, it's the, one of those, aha, ah, yeah. that's what it's about. This was a fantastic scene. And I have a, an affinity and an affection for malls. I love malls. Malls are disappearing they in are. our nation. They are. And so I love a good fight scene in a um, mall. This was really great. I love the mall as a high schooler as well and middle schooler. So again, they finish the fight. They bested the Cobra Kai's. They get their chicken for Dimitri. Or Dim <laughs> Dimitri gets his chicken and they walk away. No security. No. No cops. No. A little far-fetched. Did they run? Was no, there they, they just casually walked away. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. If you're mall security and you see these martial artists, you're probably not going to try to step in if you're smart. And they weren't the aggressors. No. Self-defense. But they still didn't have to answer any questions, which I found to be kind of funny. So... Cut to Johnny, who's driving home, and he's smashed, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's driving drunk. Not good. No. And Carmen sees him, takes mercy on him, and invites him in, because he's just, he's gone. Yeah, Carmen is walking by with her laundry, going to the laundry room, and yeah, he's wasted. This guy's way too drunk to be driving. She's going to sober him up. Yeah, she's going to bring him in, and she ends up giving him coffee. So now we're back at LaRusso's and Sam and Robbie talk with Daniel about the fight. Yeah. And he's checking in on them, making sure they're okay. And they're still, you know, it's kind of like after a, a big sporting event, their adrenaline is pumping. They're excited for what just happened. They could use their training sure. for good. Yeah. They could use their training for good. They didn't go out and look for a fight. No. And they protected Dimitri, a new fellow student. So then Daniel tells Robbie... That he's so happy he's part of the family. Yes. Touching little moment there. Ah, yes. As you see Robbie drawing closer to Daniel, at the same time, by default, you see Robbie drawing further from his father, Johnny. So it's bittersweet. Johnny's losing his son to Daniel. Daniel's gaining a son, so to speak. Robbie's gaining a father, so to speak. That's very true. And then Daniel goes to cheer up Dimitri. You can see Dimitri's pretty sad about the whole fight and his inability to take part in it. Yeah, he felt powerless. Having to be saved. Yeah. Well, not only feeling powerless, but also I think he started the whole thing, really. He left the bad review. Yep. Hawk told him to take it down. Dimitri could have said, fine. He could have gotten his phone and taken it down immediately. Yep. Instead, he refused. Then he ran. 
Then he got Sam and Robbie involved. And meanwhile, though, he didn't help, really. And he, he, probably, he had to be protected. And he probably realizes that his relationship with Eli, i.e. Hawk, yeah. is just no more. That's a whole other thing. He's lost his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, they are on the outs. So yeah, Dimitri's in the dumps. And I liked when he said, though, he says, I can't wax on, I can barely wax off. You know that was a play on words pun. It was really good. And it was hilarious. And then he says, you got Jon Snow and Darnarius Targaryen in there, and I'm just Sam Tarly. Yeah, that's a Game of Thrones reference. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Of course. You do? Okay, so I don't watch Game of Thrones. I know about the show. No. I have the action figures. It's a great reference, and I love that Daniel got it without missing a beat and says that Sam Tarly killed a White Walker. Mm -hmm. And Dimitri, like, wow, A, you watch it, and B, good point. Yeah. Even, Meaning there's hope for you. Even someone who's mind over brawn, like Sam Tarley. He was smart more than he is, you know, like a warrior. Yeah. But he even stepped up in one episode and did something heroic. Mm -hmm. And Dimitri's capable of that. Yeah. And that was nice. Yeah. Well, you know, Daniel's good with the pep talks. Daniel and Johnny are both good with the pep talks. Yeah. They're very good. Where were these guys when I was a kid? That's what I want to... Where were the Johnnies and Daniels when I was a teenager? They were fighting in the All Valley 84 <laughs> <laughs> tournament. They were, literally. Yeah. So they end the sequence with Daniel and Dimitri running through the lesson recap scene again, but this time much slower. Yes. We see Daniel throwing some kicks, Dimitri blocking, Daniel says switch, switches stances to southpaw. Really nice. So yeah, Daniel is becoming a better sensei. Absolutely. That's what's happening. So now we're outside the Cobra Kai dojo and Moon is upset with Hawk mm -hmm. about beating up Dimitri. Yeah, she says you're fighting over a Yelp review, which is, yeah, that's what it boiled down to. You're fighting your friend. Yes. Over a Yelp review. Now, I did not anticipate this. While this scene is happening, we're seeing that she's upset. I'm, you know, I figure she would maybe, oh, I don't want to see you for a while or whatever. She breaks up with Hawk in front of the Cobra Kai dojo. Yep. Breaks up with him and says, I don't want to date a bully. Wow. So she's out of there. He had a chance to change his tune, but he didn't. Hawk is very stubborn. Yeah. And obviously we've learned he carries some pain with him. Yeah. A lot of bad memories, a lot yes. of being picked on, the hair lip stuff, feeling like a freak, feeling like a loser, like he told his mother. You know, we all have pain and anger. Don't let it dominate you and dominate your character. And that's what's happening. Hawk, as you said before, going to the dark side. Oh, yes. So he storms into the dojo and attacks the bag. Yeah. And then Kree centers and says, the fight is not over. Until you say it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's Kreese capitalizing on a young man's moment of vulnerability. Hawk is there, struggling, suffering, obviously in pain, pounding this bag out of anger. And Kreese sees that perfect opportunity to put that little piece of something inside of Hawk's head. Yeah. He is absolutely turned to the dark side. Yeah. If he hadn't already. Yeah, the fight is over when you say it is. Pretty powerful. And if you're in a moment of vulnerability and pain, you're going to be like, that's right. You just lost a fight. You're embarrassed. And you literally just lost your girlfriend. Yeah. And your best friend is gone. So yeah, he lost, 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 lost. He's running towards rage, you know, and strength. He's burying his emotions in that. But the good news is for me as a fan and viewer, when I see Kreese doing this is when I go, aha. Before for a long time, I was like, well, I don't know what to make of Kreese. I don't know what he's planning well, now I know he's underhanded. Like, there's no like, oh, well, I'll give him a chance. No, Kreese has an agenda now. 
And we're seeing it starting to manifest. I learned enough about Kreese and the Karate Kid, <laughs> the Karate Kid Part 2, and the Karate Kid Part 3. I do not trust that guy. Do I like him as a character? Absolutely. Do I trust him? No way. Well, okay. So now I'm on board for mistrusting Kreese. Stupid me willing to give him an opportunity for a few episodes. So Kreese is getting into Hawk's head. Yeah, pulling him more into the darkness. Totally. That's what he's doing. Now we're back at Miguel's and Carmen and Johnny continue to talk. And we get a brief Karate Kid flashback. Yeah. Well, because he says, Carmen asks about Daniel. Well, tell me about Daniel. And then we have the flashback of Johnny getting kicked by Daniel, punched by Daniel on the beach in yeah. the tournament. Okay. This guy's been driving me crazy since high school. Yeah, he says, he's been a thorn in my side since high school. So the funny thing is, though, that montage was in Johnny's head. So that's how he remembers yeah. Daniel LaRusso. Yeah. Not me chasing you with my skeleton costume on. Not me pushing you down with the stereo at the beach. No, not me and my buddies on motorcycles pushing knocking you, you off, off your bicycle. Not that. That didn't happen. No. That's selective memory. No. So Johnny sees himself as the victim in this relationship yeah. all these years. But then Carmen gives him some good advice about how to end a rivalry. She says, you have to be the bigger man. All these wonderful women, Carmen. Wonderful. Amanda. Samantha, too. You could tell she's very warm-hearted. Absolutely. The women hold this thing together. The guys are out to lunch on Cobra Kai. I think this goes beyond this Cobra Kai world. It's true. So, yeah, Carmen says, gives them advice, because she has experience. Her Miguel's husband, dad, Her yeah. ex-husband. Yeah, her ex-husband, Miguel's dad, was involved in some high-level crime, I believe. Had a lot of enemies, as she said. So, yeah, you got to rise above it. You got to be the bigger man. And by this time, Johnny's a little sobered up. Johnny has been drinking coffee, or café, as my people say. Now, I am curious where Miguel's grandmother is at this moment yeah, in time. we haven't seen her recently, have we? We haven't seen her since, since the, the tournament. tournament. I hope she wasn't written off the show. Aye. Come on, Grandma. Abuelita. Donde esta abuelita? Maybe she went back to Ecuador, take care of some business. <laughs> She'll be back. Taking care of Miguel's father's business. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not around. So now we're at a playground and Tori and Miguel are connecting. You know, watching this show brings back so many fond memories. I actually had a really good teenagehood. I had a great time. In fact, I had too great of a time as a teenager. So this show has given me a lot of fond memories. And believe me, making out at the park in a playground at night, one of the highlights. And then at 1036, a plane flies right overhead and it's the last plane out of Burbank Airport. Yeah. And it's kind of an impressive scene. So now I'm thinking, where would this park be? I know exactly the flight path out of Burbank Airport. As a matter of fact, I was just at Burbank Airport today. So yeah, I know where they would be. This could be Van Nuys. Mm. It could be... You know what? There is a park in Van Nuys, on Van Nuys Boulevard, near Magnolia. Yeah. Where this could be the park where that plane flies over. There's also a nice soccer field there. So then Tori does a little script flipped of her own... And instructs Miguel to make a move. Yeah, she has her motives. She has her personal agenda. And it seems to be hook up with Miguel. And she is definitely assertive and puts herself in that right situation where she goes, yeah, because Miguel mentions Sam. And Tori's like, oh, you almost went one whole hour without mentioning Sam. Yeah. And then Miguel says, well, my sensei told me to go all in, make a move. And that's when Tori says, he's right. And Miguel's like, huh? 
Make a move. Oh, uh, and Miguel, then the light bulb goes, I was like, oh. So yeah, she's pretty assertive. This might not be a bad thing for Miguel, at least in the short term. These are two young, available teenagers. Yeah. I say no mercy. Fair game. <laughs> so now we're back at LaRusso's and Sam and Robbie make s'mores. Is that what Sam called them? They're s'mores, but they have peanut butter cups. Yeah, she called them something different. They're like s'mores. S'mores. They're s'mores-ish. Yeah. They s'mores she slipped her name in there. Yeah. But as they blow out a flaming marshmallow, what happens? They're really close. Their heads are close. They both blew out the marshmallow. Their lips are in a pucker position. We're coming right off the scene with Miguel and Tori at the park. So we go, oh, here's this parallel now. Miguel and Sam are finally going to hook up and at least make out. But right before they do, Robbie pulls back. He stops. He shows good judgment and restraint there. Well, you know, Robbie has a really good thing right now. He has a home, a nice home. He's staying in a nice place, eating good food. Amanda's there, great woman, great mom. Your sensei owns the place. father figure. Your sensei slash father figure. This girl you have a crush on who's becoming one of your best friends. In other words, everything's great. Don't screw this up. So he knows getting involved with Sam could be a bad idea. Yeah, and if it's meant to be, slow roll it. If they're meant to be together because they do develop this great connection, there's no rush. Yeah. Because he does have a good thing going. Sam showed no restraint. Sam was going to go for it. But she got caught up in the moment, and she probably really cares for Robbie. Let me tell you something. I totally get Robbie's restraint. I totally support that because I would think similar. I would think this may screw things up. I don't want to screw things up. And Robbie wants to be on a straight and narrow now, it seems. Robbie has... Flipped his own script. He has screwed up enough in his life to know there's consequences that come with that. I totally support his decision to back off. Sam did seem a little disappointed. She did seem disappointed. But that they'll come if it's meant to be. Yeah. But I think he was trying to explain to her, like, it's not you. Like, you're great. It's just that I don't want to ruin this. I think he was trying to explain that to her, but I don't think he did a great job of explaining that. So I think she felt personally rejected. But if they go too far down this path, it'll be too platonic. And that's what it's meant to be then. You may just be in the friend zone and that's maybe the way it should be. You know, there's one thing I definitely have learned in life, young dating, is just because you're attracted to someone doesn't mean you need to hook up with them. No. But when I was young, oh, well, we got the hots for each other. We need to hook up. Yeah, you burn every bridge in town. Yeah. So now we cut to Miyagi-Do Dojo at night and we see Hawk and company arrive and they're vandalizing it. Oh, my God. This is disgusting. They spray paint on the sign. So it's Hawk and I think the same guys from the mall, is it? Some, but it's not the big guy. It's some it's other not people we don't know very well. Okay, some more ancillary characters. Correct. They, in fact, we don't even see until a few scenes later. The morning, the very yeah, next scene. But they start to vandalize Miyagi-Do and it is very hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. And I'm just thinking, no, Hawk. I really, I wish I could reach through the screen like, no, Hawk, why are you doing this? And they didn't even try to be discreet about it. They wrote Cobra Kai, but we'll get to that. Yes. So now we're at Miyagi-Do, it's the morning, and we're able to see the aftermath of the vandalism. We first see Robbie's reaction to the vandalism. Dojo is trashed. And then Daniel, this is was way sad. Daniel's crouched on the ground, 
picking up what was the framed Medal of Honor, mm-hmm. Miyagi's Medal of Honor. Which Daniel framed. Yes. Daniel had that framed in Karate Kid 2. And they stole the Medal of Honor. Uh, and then Sam screams from outside, Dad, Robbie and Daniel run outside to the 1948 Super Deluxe yellow convertible. And you already knew it was going to be bad. And on the side, written in spray can graffiti, Cobra Kai never dies. Oh, Daniel is so mad. Daniel is experiencing every emotion right now. He's experiencing anger, rage, fury, sadness, mourning. This was Miyagi's gift to him. Yeah, we're flashing back to the scene. Yes, when he gives it to him. Oh, it was so heart-wrenching to see this. Daniel jumps in that very car, and Robbie and Sam are like, what are you doing? And Daniel takes off. And I, I don't know where he's going. He's going somewhere. I knew where he was going. Did you know where he was going? Oh, yes. I knew he was headed to one place and one place only. Speaking of which, cut to Cobra Kai Dojo, Miguel and Hawker training, and enters Daniel. Okay, so this is where he was going. This is where he drove off to the Reseda Flats, barges into the Cobra Kai Dojo in the middle of the action. And it's a great showdown, Sal. And again, they don't take that extra time to fully explain the situation. A lot of assumptions. He assumes that Johnny instructed them to do this. Yeah. And then he's like, like you didn't punch one of my employees. Well, Johnny, yes, that happened. But there's always a good explanation that never gets revealed. Well, I knew that it wasn't going to go well when Johnny tells him to take his shoes off. Yeah. And... Daniel doesn't. Show respect in my dojo. And he didn't. Like you showed my dojo respect? Oh, this was bad. And so what does Johnny do? He takes Carmen's advice. He takes the high road to potentially end this long time rivalry. Well, because they are standing there ready to face off. Absolutely. Daniel says, you know, I'm not going to strike first. Almost mocking the strike first, strike hard, no mercy slogan. And Johnny's not mad. He's not hot under the collar. He didn't have his place vandalized. He doesn't even understand what happened. But if anything, he's more concerned with Kreese staring him down. And his students. And his students are watching this happen. Yes. If Johnny had been there alone, like they had had a previous encounter, he would have been even more chill. Yes. Because he would have said, what's going on? Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, but you have an audience now. This is an audience of people whose respect and admiration you need or want. And Daniel takes this opportunity to steer some of the Cobra Kai students away, if you will. Yeah, and Johnny says, oh, you're going to come in here and try to poach my students? This is a really bad scene, and by bad, I mean like intense. Very intense. Oh, boy. And yeah, so Johnny decides to take the higher road, right? Not fight him. Rise above it. Rise above it. To his credit, he had nothing to do with this incident. No. No, he did not instruct Hawk to do this, no. But Daniel leaves, and soon after he leaves, what happens? That was extra painful to watch. Half the students walk out. Not the core students that we know. Some of these ancillary students who we don't really know yet. Except for Chris, who we've seen in various episodes. In that scene, to some people, particularly to some students of Johnny, your sensei just got punked and is weak. Right. That's how that looked to some people. Right. Remember, there's a reason why people join Miyagi-Do, and there's a reason why people join Cobra Kai. Right. For the most part, people join Cobra Kai because they want to kick ass. 
right? They're not necessarily looking for the spiritual aspect. So this guy comes in and disses your sensei in his dojo, on his mat, wearing tennis shoes on the mat, totally disrespectful, and your sensei does not kick his ass. Well, it wasn't even just the ass kicking. It's what Daniel was saying. You want to be this way? Think about it long and hard. He was dissing the core values of Cobra Kai. I don't think it was like, my sensei, back down from this guy. It was maybe there's a different way. Oh, so you think the students left not because they thought their sensei was just made a punk in public, but because they want to go follow... Different philosophy. Really? Okay, so they were going to go follow Miyagi-Do. That's what I thought. Oh. And, not, and I don't know if one for one goes to Miyagi-Do. Yeah. Some might have said, hey, this is just too intense for me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm only half in on this. I'm sure. out. But I think the other ones, absolutely. It was painful to watch. It was. I guess Johnny did the right thing. I mean, I wouldn't have blamed him whatsoever for striking first. No, I'm, I think Johnny did do the right thing. You're saying that if Johnny would have punched Daniel, you would not have been okay with well, that? Well, it's different. When someone comes at you and they're accusing you of something, Yeah, you're more defensive. You yeah. don't have the rage. Okay. And if you've done nothing wrong, then you don't really have the fight in you okay, yes. at that moment. I see. Now, their history is long, as we both know. Yeah. But I don't think he was going to fight him then and now about this, Daniel was hurting. Yeah. I think he saw that and just now was not the time. Yeah. And then he mentioned the Medal of Honor. Yeah. Okay. Now Johnny does not particularly care for Daniel. And like I always said, I think they're more alike than not alike. Sure. But I think that he felt for him a little bit and was like, I'll get to the bottom of this. But obviously I didn't do it, but you're being accused of something. You're yeah. not going to cower down either. Yeah. He just kind of backed him away. Okay. And he has to set an example then in front of his, the student body. Yeah. That's and then Crease. He didn't want to show Crease. I'm just like you still. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. it could have gotten more heated had Crease, you know, stepped in. Oh, sure. Well, Crease adds fuel to the fire. So that's it. What an ending. Yeah. This episode, holy cow. This episode was intense. Dude, this episode was all in. Yeah, it really was. It really was. It really did grab me and shake me up. So we are five down, five to go for season two. I'm super excited. Man, I get worn out watching the show and talking about it. I'm emotionally invested. It's mentally and physically taxing <laughs> in I've, all the right ways. I feel like I've been training. You have been. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And we greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And if you have the time to leave us a short review, it would truly help us as well. We also encourage our listeners to follow us on social media at Let's Talk Cobra Kai for Facebook and Instagram and at Talk Cobra Kai on Twitter. And if you have any questions, that's a great place to message us. Lastly, you can now become an official supporter of Let's Talk Cobra Kai on Patreon. And you can stream every episode, as well as our other shows, from our website, which is justcuriousmedia.com. Thanks so much. No mercy.